This B Podcast Network show is presented by IXL. IXL's all-inclusive online teaching and learning platform simplifies ed tech needs and accelerates achievement in 95 of the top 100 U.S. school districts. IXL delivers personalized learning across a comprehensive pre-K-12 curriculum, including math, language arts, science, and social studies, and it helps you assess student performance through actionable real-time insights at every level of your school or district. This one solution performs work that typically requires dozens of different tools. Want to find out why so many leading districts trust IXL? Visit IXL.com forward slash B-E. That's IXL.com forward slash B-E. TL Talk Radio Season 3, Episode 11. Welcome to Season 3, Episode 11 of TL Talk Radio, a regular podcast with Lynn Funy-Hatton and Randy Ziegenfuss, where our goal is to engage you in learning, motivate you to share your work, and inspire you to lead for the change we need in schools for the digital age. I'm Randy Ziegenfuss. And I'm Lynn Funy-Hatton. Good afternoon, Randy. Hi there, Lynn. How are you today? I'm doing well. And how are you? Great. So today we're getting to talk with Kathleen McCloskey. Kathleen is CEO and co-founder of Personalized Learning, LLC. With Barbara Bray, she's co-author of How to Personalize Learning, a practical guide for getting started and going deeper, and Make Learning Personal. What, who, wow, where, and why. Kathleen began her career in educational technology in 1983, where she envisioned that computers are the great equalizer. In 1983, the word technology was not used. She'll tell you that she's realized that vision and it is what drives her work in personalized learning. Today, Kathleen is an innovative leader, education technologist, keynote speaker, professional developer, and universal design for learning consultant with over 30 years experience in creating learner-centered environments as a teacher, K-12 administrator, graduate instructor, and consultant. She's passionate about empowering learners with tools, skills, and learning strategies so they become independent, self-directed learners, learners with agency, who are future-ready for college, career, and life. Kathleen coined the phrase, every child on the planet is a learner, and with that understanding, she continues on her mission for educators to discover the learner in every child and to level the playing field for all learners. In January, she joined Education Reimagined's Pioneer Lab, with other pioneering educators to help create a national movement to transform education and develop learner-centered environments everywhere. Welcome to the show, Kathleen. Well, thank you, Randy and Lynn, for inviting me. We're very excited about this conversation because your work connects so closely to the kinds of things and the transformation that we've been working on uh, within our district. So we're excited to have this conversation. And also later, I wanna have a conversation about Education Reimagined and your work with them too, because we've done uh, some interesting partnering with them that we can share a little bit later on as well. Okay. Uh, So let's start off this conversation. Uh, Your latest book, How to Personalize Learning. Share with us uh, why educators may want to use this resource as they move towards this idea of learner-centered environments. Well, um, let me just say that How to Personalize Learning really is this wonderful practical guide that educators can actually pick up and follow activities chapter by chapter 
um, and beginning to make that transformation. Um, but before anyone actually does anything in the classroom, it's really getting together with all your stakeholders um, in your school uh, to be able to really help uh, develop a vision and a set of beliefs uh, that you have around teaching and learning. And uh, But the rest of the book is a great guide. We have great resources uh, online, uh, templates for teachers to use. Uh, because Barbara and I think like teachers. <laughs> and that's why we wrote the second book in this way, um, to really help schools to begin to do this work. We're very excited because we truly believe that education needs to be transformed um, uh, for this current generation and future generations. And so um, I love seeing how the movement is just like, really sort of expanding uh, across the country. I read this all the time. So recently you've had an opportunity to write for ASCD. Randy left the article on my table one morning. <laughs> as, as often happens, he, reads, he leaves me things to read. Um, so in reading that article on personalization and UDL, can you tell us a little bit more about why the UDL lens of access, engage, and express and the idea of personalized learning are a perfect match? Because that's sort of a different take than anything else that we've seen. Okay, so well, I'm glad that you said that, Lynn, because it, it is a different take because I want people to realize um, how important UDL is in really creating personalized learning environments. Very few people actually understand that. So first of all, let me just say uh, the UDL lens of access, engage, and express, that particular terminology is really based upon the three principles of universal design for learning. Um, and those three principles are um, multiple means of engagement, um, multiple means of expression, and multiple means of representation. So um, being a long-term user of UDL, I started my career in UDL around um, two, 1999, um, and it, it's been in my practice for well over 15 years. Um, and I will tell you that um, the UDL principles or easy way, access, engage, and express, the UDL lens of access, engage, and express is definitely a way for people to, um, anyone, both teachers and learners, to be able to use it easily to understand how this learner learns. Um, what's very empowering is that, and I'll probably answer that maybe in some other question, but is that both the teacher and the learner are looking through the same lens around the learner. And uh, it's, very empowering for the learner to use this to finally understand how they learn. Can you imagine we send kids to school, uh, we never really get them to understand how they truly learn and to be valued as a learner. Uh, so that's, there's a lot of wonderful elements uh, around that. Now, once kids actually use that particular terminology and, and use that lens to understand how they learn, then they can actually talk about their learning. So if we want kids to become more proactive, uh, in their learning, to be advocates of their learning, they have to understand how they learn. And, um, and we need to be able to validate how they learn by having these conversations with them and to be able to say and to build a relationship with them around their learning. Um, so I know that when we're usually in schools, one of the things that was really clear to me when we were first looking at personalization uh, about six years ago um, that the whole discussion around the learner wasn't even taking place, all learning. In fact, I, I look back at my own uh, career in, in K-12, 
And we really talked about learning our learners, or who they were and how they learned. We talked a lot about kids that had um, disabilities and the challenges that they had, but each one of us has, and I'll talk about that more in a few minutes, that each one of us has both strengths and challenges in the way we learn. We also have preferences and needs. Um, and we need to find out all that information around kids first, or else um, it'd be very, very difficult to create personalized learning environments uh, where kids would take that ownership to their learning. Uh, UDL does make it personal for both mm -hmm. for the learner, you see. Mm -hmm. It makes it very personal for the learner and for the first time a child can actually talk about who they are. So what are some of those ways that we find out about those learning preferences? You know, we used to do we used to do multiple intelligence inventories or, um, you know, what are some ways that, that you suggest we find out about those learning preferences? Okay, so I'll tell you that, uh, I'll just, I'm gonna make a point of reference of our book. Um, in chapter four of our book is called Discover the Learner in Every Child. Because first of all, when teachers look at children in the classroom, they don't necessarily see learners. Um, and, uh, we're pretty bent on using the word learner versus student, so um, because it's really that perception that you, kid, that teachers have of children in the classroom, which is very important. So how are we? How do we do that? So uh, let me just explain the lens first. Access is how learners need to access and process information. That's really. Um, UDL is based on the neurosciences, and this has all been um, ve very well researched. It's evidence-based um, approach towards learning. And so how, how do you need to access and process information? Well, each one of us has both strengths and challenges in that area, and you need to be able to describe those, okay? And then the next one is about how you need to uh, engage. How do kids need to engage or prefer need, how they need or prefer to engage with content and what are their strengths and challenges in those areas. And the third one is, in fact, uh, the third one is about express. Express is about how children need to be able to express what they know and understand. And again, um, there, there's in chapter four of the book, um, it helps really, we help really give you a whole set of selections that um, that you could actually include in a personal learner profile. Okay, so the learner profile is really the first step uh, in this process. Strengths, challenges, preferences, and needs around access, engage, and express. And also, by the way, it also includes uh, what kids are passionate about, what they, they feel they're talented in, what gets them excited about learning. I mean, we need to know all those things because um, the affective side of learning is critically important uh, to understand uh, around with children. And so all those components around the learner profile, those things that sort of uncover those strengths, challenges, preferences, those all really, I think, lead to this idea of learner agency because the learner is identifying and through reflection, uncovering those things and sharing them with the teacher who they're going to be the co-learners and co-designers of these experiences with. Is correct. that a correct interpretation? <laughs> it is actually. Um, so one of the things that the learner profile does for the learner, um, it's, as I said, very empowering. It really basically says to the learner, uh, we value you as a person and, and as a learner. Um, we don't say, we don't do that 
to kids in the classroom. They don't necessarily feel valued uh, of how they learn and who they are as learners. So that's, that's really critically important in creating personalized learning environments of this very first piece called learner, uh, the learner profile. And I, I'll talk more about the three-step process, but the learner profile is that very first step. Going back to what Lynn said earlier, I think what's unique about your work uh, is this intersection of the UDL and how that supports the idea of personalized learning. And we don't hear that uh, in, in many other places at all. So uh, after sharing with us this UDL lens, uh, share with us how a teacher and a learner might use this to support personalizing learning. Once this profile is developed, then that, that's when the, the teacher and the learner finally meet up uh, and talk about that. And uh, one of the things that yeah, around access, engage, and express um, is that you're going to discover things that you may need to learn how to do to be more independent and self-directed. So now you're talking about developing agency, not necessarily in that particular term, but how do I become more independent and self-directed? Um, and by taking any one of those lenses, okay, you can say, for instance, um, I'll just give you an example around access, um, that maybe a learner uh, prefers to read hard copy over digital format, okay? So you know that when you present information to this particular learner, that that's the, going to be their preference in the way that they learn. But maybe this learner um, has a problem with expressing what they know and understand uh, on paper, maybe that becomes a focus. So if that is, is that what types of tools, and here we are, we're gonna go back to the tools um, and apps that kids can use, but um, the, uh, the personal learning backpack is that tool set <laughs> for that learner. Uh, that includes the tools, the apps, but it also includes a set of skills that that learner is going to develop to become more independent and self-directed. So if you have a learner that says, doesn't read, so we all have every school district and, and every school classroom can really identify kids that can't read at grade level, right? So that particular learner that can't read uh, or decode very well, uh, that person may need a, you know, a, a text-to-speech tool and they may need to learn how to use that tool so they become very independent in using it. So it doesn't become, you know, um, that the kid, the learner knows how to use the tool and how to apply the tool in any situation, has access to that tool. Uh, and so that can support their particular learning so they can become more independent and self-directed uh, around that piece, just around reading. Uh, that is certainly, you know, that particular tool would definitely remove the barrier to learning for this particular learner. So, um, but it's more than just the tool, it's the skills, it's mm -hmm. the learning strategies that are part of that personal learning backpack that's very key in developing that independence in their learning. So you're talking about learner-centered um strategies and uh, tools and that will help us remove barriers and develop agency you know how do how do teachers begin to create these environments and um, this effective instruction for all of their learners well you know once you know who all your learners are in the classroom okay um there's Which is really... no easy task in itself right <laughs> <laughs> well you know let me put it this way um 
I'm going to go back uh, to 1988 for just a moment for myself. And um, I was faced with teaching every child in the school. Okay, it was sure I had a set of Apple IIe's and all the little magic computers that were sitting on all those desks. <laughs> uh, I had every learner in the school and I had to figure out um, exactly how I was going to teach all learners. So my mindset in the mindset of, of, of teachers needs to be, how am I going to teach every learner every day? That's really the task that you have at hand every day as a teacher. So you need to be thinking about who they are and getting to know who they are uh, and spend that time where you get to know them. And sometimes that may be just a little 10 minute talk or, or whatever, but a lot of times I virtually had no other adults in the classroom when I was teaching every learner in the school. So uh, I had to figure this out for myself, but I, get, I got to know every single learner in a way that I knew how they learned and what really engaged them to learn. So, um, but I took the time, whether it be a five minute discussion or whatever, but um, that personal learner, that learner profile is very revealing. And uh, how do you design instruction? Uh, so you're uh, a really effective uh, teacher and, and engaged uh, kids in the classroom. Well, the process is once you know who your learners are, if you have a lesson, the very first thing that you want to do is ask yourself, what materials and methods am I going to use with this lesson? Then you need to be thinking of the learners in your classroom, especially around the whole piece around access to begin with. And then you have to say to yourself, what types of barriers would some of these learners have if I actually had this particular material that I would use, okay? And then you actually have to come up with solutions, what I call UDL solutions and strategies. The process is a very, it's a four-step process that's included actually in our book um, about how to really review a lesson and how to really produce and really design effective instruction um, for all the learners in the classroom. And, um, but uh, another element, and for uh, some teachers will actually ask us, uh, well, what do you do in high school? You don't get to get to know all those kids in high school. You know, uh, it's different in elementary school than it is in high school. We actually created what's called a class learning snapshot. And what that is, is uh, taking four learners from both ends of the learning spectrum and knowing those four learners really well through the UDL lens. And then if you design for those four learners, you actually design for all the learners in the classroom, okay? And this is based upon the research done by Todd Rose. Uh, and if you listen to Todd Rose um, in his Myth of Average, he'll talk about um, teaching from the ends and what he means by that. And the, the neuroscience really bears out on this is that if you take those four kids from the very ends and know them, then you can design really the most effective instruction by knowing who they are from those ends. But that's how you do that in a high school level or a middle school level. All those methodologies and processes are all found in our book. That's really easy to understand and it actually, actually apply. I think the most important thing when you first start off is to give, um, uh, the, to, to really enter that very first stage of personalized learning where it's still teacher-centered is that whole piece around voice and choice, okay? And that learner profile 
really helps that happen. It really helps make that happen in the classroom because now I know who my kids are, mm-hmm. you know, and I know how they would, um, how they like to express what they know and understand. <laughs> and uh, I do know their preferences and needs. Um, and you can give kids, uh, once you understand them, um, use that learner profile is just a great tool to really, to really do the whole piece around voice and choice and let them articulate Maybe they have a learning target they have to meet. Maybe you give them the choice about how they meet that learning target. And some kids may only be given, some kids who are, you cannot give like like three or four choices. Maybe you give like two choices um, in a lot of cases, but allowing them to choose how they want to do that. So, um, and how they, and have them articulate how they want to master that. So what does that actually look like, Kathleen? Because I think that's something that is an entry point for some agency and voice and choice is certainly something that we've articulated as um, important in our learning beliefs. So um, you mentioned giving them voice and choice and how they want to show something or demonstrate something. Could you give us an example maybe? Maybe they are, maybe in a, say you're at a math lesson and um, you have to be able to demonstrate uh, that you understand the process and say in multiple or whatever. So um, some kids may want to be able to, you know, they may want to be able just to write that down and to show that process. Some kids may want to be able to uh, verbalize that. Um, There are some kids, by the way, that cannot put process, mathematical process on paper. Um, So we have to give them that option of being able to tell you how they did that. Uh, and if that is really a way that actually demonstrates that they have mastered the process, then that should be as valid as writing it down on paper. Okay. So um, the thing is, is that that's evident in every classroom. Um, there are kids, they're not going to be able to do certain things in a very particular way. It's not a one size fits all anymore. So you have to have that flexibility. And that, I think the hardest thing for teachers is that whole piece around flexibility, okay? Um, and giving those kids the options. <laughs> but kids need to be able to commit. They need, instead of the teacher telling them what the targets are, let the kid talk about it. Let them say, you know, here's a learning target and I'd like to be able to uh, demonstrate my mastery for that target by doing it this way. And I do think teachers are willing, you know, I think we just don't, always know how you know we don't know how like well you know the thing is is let them take that ownership the thing mm-hmm. is is that we this is the hardest thing by the way is giving up the the power in the classroom control control, control and, the, and and allowing kids to take the ownership to their learning we, we've not created those environments uh where ownership you know, we want kids to be able to learn, but we don't talk about the ownership to learning. The whole idea of the, of, the, of the voice and choice is that very first steps in ownership, you know. Mm-hmm. And kids are far more motivated when they now have, now they've said what they're going to do. <laughs> now they, then you're, and it's, then it's about integrity after that, you see, mm-hmm. that you say that you're going to do it this way. Um, and, that, and that's a good thing, you know. Um, and it helps kids, um, you know, say, you know, I can do this, you know, Um, but if a kid is saying absolutely nothing and they're just sitting there and just passing out paper, where is the ownership? (laughs) There's none. There is virtually no ownership. 
So you know, one of the things our, that, our motivation actually at that point. So one of the things that I think is powerful about the learner profile is not only does it allow them to demonstrate agency, but depending on where they are in their learning career, it could also be enlightening for them because they're being asked to surface answers to these things about preferences and needs and strengths, et cetera. Um, and I'm sort of wondering, as adults, I could imagine this could be a powerful activity to show, to demonstrate to leaders and teachers the power of the learner profile by actually going through that process ourselves, because I'm not so sure uh, as adults that we've articulated that um, right. in terms of looking through the UDL lens as well of oh. those three areas. So I could imagine uh, adults accessing this as well. And I was curious if you've had any experience uh, with adults developing a learner profile. Oh, yes. In fact, uh, almost every, you know, um, in this whole piece around discover the learner, um, the very first activity is for the teacher to discover themselves as learners. Um, and so I, we do, I, I, both Barbara and I both have done that, uh, where we get teachers really to do their own learner profile. Um, and so it's, you know, it's very telling because no one has ever, um, has ever asked them <laughs> uh, to do that, but it's very revealing about what they discover about themselves, mm -hmm. you know, and so they love the idea. And so when you can personally connect to it, you're more apt to use it in the classroom. Um, and I, I kind of want to finish up on that three-step process in a minute, but I, I love the, your question. Yes. You know, we definitely want teachers to understand themselves as learners. Um, I've done this profile myself, so, but I already know what my challenges are. And, um, and some of the things, uh, one of the greatest things um, I discovered uh, was um, I looked at myself as a young learner, like a teenager, right? Who I was as a teenager and what my strengths and challenges were. Um, I was this great student, but I definitely had a challenge about presenting in public. Um, and I virtually had terrible anxiety over that, like virtually millions of other people. <laughs> but um, I virtually worked on that challenge for close to, oh, I'd say 30 to 40 years. And now it's a strength and mm. it's not a challenge. So I'm not saying it always takes that long, but I'm just saying if you look back at yourself um, as a teenager and looked at yourself as a learner, then, you know, and, uh, and then also because if you want to measure some progress, you have to look at yourself further back, right? How are you going to measure that progress? Um, and uh, it's very, very, an excellent activity, by the way, to, to use with, um, with teachers. Mm -hmm. and, um, and the thing is, is that teachers really, um, you know, like I'll, I'll often say, you know, not any one of us appeared on the planet as the perfect learner, right? So, so <laughs> that's a, that's no a no thing. fact. <laughs> no such thing has occurred. So, so the thing is, it sort of just gets them to relax because it's not about really pinpointing what's wrong with them, is but what all the all the all the great attributes that you have as a learner uh, that you can actually reflect on. So, 
So I want to sort of bring, if you don't mind, I've, I want to bring the closure to that three-step process just so the audience understands what that last piece is. So we talked about the learner profile. Uh, then we talked about building a personal learning backpack. When you're having that conversation about the type of skills that you want to develop, they, the next step, by the way, is developing a personal learning plan. And um, in that particular plan, you are articulating goals, learning goals, uh, action steps, you're even articulating how you're going to measure your own progress in this. Um, and these are things that personal learning plan is, is really the, is an incredible tool, by the way, for anyone uh, to use because it really helps them say, I set a goal and I've, you know, and I've, uh, I'm going to check on myself and check with my teacher on this particular goal. And, and kids need to sort of set and really develop good goal setting skills. Uh, and that's a really important point. And else, normally in a personal learning plan, we only hear about college and career. And I'm sure that you have a lot of those around, right? So, so it's not just about college and career because if you don't have the set of skills, uh, if you don't develop agency, going to college and career is pretty difficult, okay? And so um, we definitely want college and career goals. We want kids to articulate personal goals. And, um, and then we also want them to articulate citizenship goals because I believe every child needs to know how to become a good citizen in our democracy. And I think we need to work on that as a country altogether, and, but every school should be responsible in helping children develop good citizenship in our democracy. So a personal learning plan is, um, is all art well articulated and we have all the templates online um, to use, but it's a very, very powerful piece for kids to be able to really do the goal setting. Uh, what a skill that kids can have going forward in their life. Um, be able to set goals and achieve goals. Mm -hmm. um, well, thank you for bringing that all back together. And um, in the show notes, we'll link your three-part blog series, The Process in Developing Learner Agency Using the UDL Lens, where you um, articulate that and our, our listeners can go back and check it out, the learner profile, the personal learning backpack, and the personal learning plan. So what's next for you, Kathleen? What are you working on now? <laughs> what am I working on now? I've decided actually to do uh, what's called um, uh, a virtual book study uh, oh. where I get online with um, uh, schools that want to do a study on either one of our books. Um, and basically I get online live um, for an hour with every chapter because I think that's how people read uh, our books or sometimes they'll read maybe two to three chapters at a time. But I think that it helps with the discussion and then they can certainly ask me questions and I can also uh, ask them to think deeper about things, things that aren't necessarily in the book. Um, you know, you can only put so much in, in a couple hundred pages. <laughs> so uh, there's a lot of stuff that's still in our, our, our heads. And we want people to be able to, um, to have sort of a, a live interaction um, along with, of course, having a set of resources. Um, around each one of these books. So uh, that's what I'm doing next because I, I want to sort of give ownership to the learner. <laughs> that's a part of it. Um, and um, I think it's important that if people, uh, and I think that there's a lot more motivation when you can actually uh, even talk with an author um, 
about what they're reading. Yeah, you, you could get you could get some additional insights and um, yeah, so. you know, process the conversation through a few different lenses, the the reader and the and the author. So interesting. Yeah. So at, so, the, at the beginning of the show, you mentioned that you went to the pioneering lab with Education Reimagined, and this right. is something Randy and I are looking at with our team and um, using their document uh, with the five pillars has really guided our work and. Mm. We're just so entrenched in their resources right now. And um, what can you tell us about the Pioneering Lab and, and how it impacted your thinking or um, any other takeaways that you would like to share with us? Well, uh, uh, I first uh, connected with them almost a year ago and um, I was reading uh, one of their pioneering issues and uh, Kelly Young was mentioning the Pioneer Lab. So I said, well, this is kind of interesting. I think I'll just write to her and find out what this is all about. So. Uh, and uh, I wasn't able to participate in the ones last summer, um, the Pioneer Lab, but I did participate in January in Atlanta uh, in that Pioneer Lab training. And uh, I've gone to one Pioneer Lab in Houston uh, just this, um, this past year. So um, let me see, when was that? That was in March. Um, so that was really uh, fun That because we met up with now people that some people this was their very first pioneer lab some of them already had been this is would have been their second so everyone should know that the pioneer lab is fairly new and what that movement is all about is how you really are going to how we're going to create a national movement okay um around learner-centered environments so the work uh i hope to be able to contribute in a in a few ways um uh and we have what's called inquiries that are set up um, and inquiries um, that are initiated. And so you can join a group, an inquiry group around something that you believe you can really contribute to. So right now I'm looking at learner-centered progressions um, and learner-centered progressions oh. is I know quite a bit about. So. That sounds interesting. So, you know, everything that we've written in our books um, from, you know, the, uh, the, stages of personalized learning those are a progression and then of course in our in also the progression of learner agency the seven elements of learner agency and what that looks like so i think that um i you know um we've done a fair amount of work around progressions and i think i could really contribute to learners and progressions yeah well thank you so much for sharing that and your experience at the um pioneering yeah. lab yeah, yeah very exciting so yeah. I, hope to, I hope to see you guys um, uh, in the East. Uh, actually, I think it's in October. Um, there's a Pioneer Lab in October. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, we're we're looking at a we're looking at a June option, and we're looking at that at the November one. I think it is. Oh yeah, that that's right. Okay, yeah. So you're in that just the Pioneer Lab training. Yeah. Yes, okay. we're just at the beginning phases. Okay, so yeah, I'm now I'm in the Pioneer Lab where we're working on stuff. Terrific. Okay. Well, great. Well, thank you so much, Kathleen, for the conversation. Um, if you'd like to learn more about Kathleen's work, you can visit www.personalizedlearning.com. In the show notes, we'll have a variety of ways for you to connect with Kathleen, including her, her Gmail. Um, we'll also put some of the resources that Kathleen has mentioned there and um, give you some opportunity to connect with those and a lot of other blogs and articles um, that Kathleen has shared with us. Also, Kathleen co-hosts or hosts uh, P-Learn Chat on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. 
and 5 p.m. Central Time. And certainly you can check in with her on, on that. And she has some upcoming uh, presentations at a variety of um, conferences. You're a very busy lady, Kathleen. <laughs> yeah, so listen, so I'd like to mention about the Peeler and Chat. Uh, um, I have Pernille Rip is going to be a, a guest host on May 15th. Uh, oh, yeah, she's fabulous. She's fabulous. We're going to focus on passionate learners and we'll, of course, talk about passionate readers, her, her upcoming book. Yeah, great. Well, thank you for sharing that. Well, thanks so much for being with us, Kathleen. This has been a really exciting conversation. And again, lots of connections that we're making to our own work. And I'm sure our listeners will make to theirs as well. So thank you. You're welcome. This was great. Each episode, we leave you with a couple of questions to think about with the idea of provoking conversation. This episode's questions include, how does the UDL lens shape your understanding of personalized learning? And what's the next step for you on the journey towards personalized learning? If you've enjoyed today's episode, would like to comment or just find out more about the resources Kathleen shared in today's episode, check out the show notes at tltalkradio.org and look for season three, episode 11. That's it for now. We'll see you next episode for a conversation with another innovative thought leader. Thanks again, Kathleen. Thanks, Kathleen. Thanks. Thanks, Lynn. Thanks, Randy. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Do you want to simplify your school's technology, save teachers time, and improve students' performance on state assessments? You can do it all, but don't waste another minute. Head straight to IXL.com forward slash BE to learn how IXL's research-proven teaching and learning platform can help you achieve all of these goals. That's IXL.com forward slash BE.